I feel like a lot of people try to build connections for like just their career and that's it. And, Mm -hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, we're all people. So, you know, it's fun to like talk about random things, like talk about what Legend of Zelda games you like or stuff like that. This is Max Q, the podcast by Peabody's Launchpad office dedicated to demystifying what life is like after graduation. Every episode, we sit down with a recent Peabody alumni to get their take on what life is like for working artists in today's world. Multifaceted careers, time management, finances, finding balance between your work and your life. We explore that and more on the Max Q podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Christina Mansior. In this episode, I'm speaking with Dimitro Nebesh, who graduated from Peabody with a degree in Music for New Media in 2022. Dimitro currently works as a sound designer for Firaxis Games and as a freelance composer. In the interview, we explore how Dimitro's experiences during school led to his sound design role, connecting and collaborating on professional work, and balancing creative projects and other personal priorities with a full-time job. Hey, Dimitro, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Really glad you can be on the show. Uh, Could you start by telling us what your life looks like right now? Yeah, so right now I'm working as a a sound designer for uh, Firaxis Games. And so I get to come to work every day and make sounds. And then I go home and work on a bunch of side projects and like contract work that I'm allowed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, So the... In your role with Firaxis Games, um, what are kind of the responsibilities that you have as a sound designer? Yeah, so basically a typical day for me will look like I walk in, let's say Monday, then I'll usually have already spoken with the team several times and we think about what do we need to start tackling right now to get this project finished. And that's like a really cool part is to have this internal team, this little audio team, and there's about uh, two other sound designers there right now and um, audio programmers and uh, we just hired a technical sound designer so that's a new thing that we have and then us as a team um, we look at our priorities and we decide what to do and then I get to start picking off some of those things and I can pick like let's say I have um, a sound to do um, some ambience for instance um, so I'll go in I'll see what kind of ambience to do and I'll kind of do a test version for that week a little mock-up nice quick just so I can send it to the people that are more experienced (laughs) and then they'll tell me yeah this is the direction we want to go or no that's not the direction we want to go and once I get that approval I just make a bunch of variations (laughs) oh wow okay so it sounds like there's a lot of like adapting and adjusting and working with other people how do you feel like the collaborative elements impact your your work at in this in this particular yeah. setting. So collaboration is like one of the things I always enjoyed doing within music. And that's why, you know, I took music from new media because I enjoyed collaborating with people. And now it's increased way more than I've ever <laughs> have. Cause now I actually usually like when I did these small composing things for student films or stuff, I would um, reach out to the director or whatever. And then we'd just collaborate just one-on-one. Um, now I might be looking at a system and I'm like, oh, I need to go talk to the artist, to the animator, to the visual effects people. They've met so many people all within like one project where basically a bunch of little ants working on a <laughs> really big project. And it's really interesting to see. Um, and then within that, um, sometimes I'll just um, collaborate with my other sound designers. Um, 
they're both really experienced. They have been there way longer than me. And sometimes it's cool to tackle this one thing that requires a lot of sound and just tackle it together. Um, like, let's say if you were, not that I've been working on this, but if you worked on a game like Halo or something and you're working on a weapon, somebody has to get those impacts in, the little hits to the body, then somebody has to do the weapon firing. And it sounds easy on paper, but as games get bigger, we want a lot more variation. We want to immerse the player. So every little part becomes a big task. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And what about, you mentioned some side projects as well. Um, what are the kinds of contracting or side gigs that you do in addition? Yeah, so I started opening myself up to doing, um, I've always done small contract gigs and it's started to increase a little bit. Um, this one person reached out to me um, to work on some things involving gambling, which is a thing I've never experienced. <laughs> so I was um, interested and when you get approached by a contractor and when it's, let's say, a fairly bigger company and they make a lot more revenue than your little small indie dev, you have to go to HR and get it approved. Um, so I had to talk with 2K and say, hey, is it cool if I do some contract gig? And they're like, yeah, sure. Just don't work on it while you're at work. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. So then I get to go home and I get to change the headspace that I'm in, which is really nice. And uh, write music, for instance, because I want to always keep my music chops on after just working on so many little sound things. <laughs> um, so yeah, I get to, I'm starting to enter the little gambling world and it's really interesting and weird, <laughs> but yeah. fun. Interesting. Okay. And and I know that with some of your work with these organizations, um, you have like non-disclosure agreements. Yeah. And can you just tell a little bit more about kind of how that works and what kinds of information you might need to be like keeping private for these companies to avoid conflict of interest and other issues? Typically, what the NDA is there to do is to protect um, the company's property, for instance. Um, sometimes you might come up with a really cool idea, um, like there are game designers there, and when they sign NDAs, um, if they come up with an idea within that company, the company has to own that, and they don't want anyone knowing it because, I don't know, it could be like a really cool thing, like, the guy who came up with Tetris. You don't want to <laughs> give that away to everyone <laughs> until it's out. Um, yeah. So for me, it's more or less, um, I just can't talk about the game I'm working on unless I've been told I can. Um, I have to keep most of my things very secret. Um, like I can't even explain the very specific details of my sounds or anything because we don't want to give away what game we're working on. And when I talked to HR, they just said, you know, just don't give away the surprise because... <laughs> We like to do a whole thing of surprising people like, hey, surprise, here's a game we've been working on. And you don't want journalists reaching over, like big journalists, like the game journalists who are just trying to find leaks and stuff. I guess I would like to hear a little bit more about kind of what led you to this role that you're in now. Do you, do you feel like there were certain things that you did during school or things that you learned or skills that you built that helped you to transition and um, sort of be qualified to to start the role? Yeah, there are a couple of things I did. Um, the main thing you do to like get into sound design is you start learning sound design. And um, uh, my new media professor, uh, uh, Christopher Kennedy, um, <laughs> he advised me to do some game jams because I was always interested in video games. And I was like, that that's where I wanted to head towards. That's the one thing I knew in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I started working in those game jams, and when you start doing these little jams where you make a, a video game in a weekend, and that's all the time you have, if you're part of that not team, much time. it's not at all. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot of fun though. Yeah. Um, but you end up becoming the only sound guy. So you're doing music, you're doing sound effects, and I never did sound effects before. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll, <laughs> I can do that. How hard can it be? <laughs> and um, I learned a lot from those experiences. And then at Peabody, they offered um, a class. There's the new media sound design for video games class. And we had a person just for new media give us that class and teach us some basics and stuff. And I wanted to learn even more. So my last semester here, um, I took a class that's open to everyone, um, mainly for master students and stuff. Uh, and it was a general sound design for video games course. And there was some knowledge that I knew in there, but there was a lot about sound design I really wanted to unpack. And that was taught by um, Griffin Cohen and Jeff Knorr. And both of them uh, used to work at Firaxis. Jeff um, most recently worked as a contractor for Civ Six as a composer. Um, Griffin was the lead sound designer for Civ Six and some other projects he did a lot of sound design for. Um, and eventually, um, I got to talk to them about civilization and a lot of things. And on top of that, during that whole senior year, I was working on a mod, um, putting Ukraine into Civilization VI. So, and I created a new music system with it because um, I wanted the music to be a little more interactive, even though it's like already an impressive game. <laughs> Um, and I showed Griffin, uh, my mod along with Jeff and Griffin was impressed with it, which made me happy. <laughs> and at first, <laughs> yeah. like that, that was all I wanted. I was like, Oh, awesome. And he asked me, Oh, can I tell the people at Fraxis about it? And I just thought, Oh, you know what? Yeah, that's cool. It can be a little thing they see, or my assumption was they were going to like do a little showcase. And then later as the class was wrapping up, he um, asked me, hey, do I want to go work for them? And wow. that was, yeah. yeah, so that was insane. And Yeah, so so what do you think really um, led to that connection? Did you reach out to them to share your, to share what you were doing? Was it something you initiated or was it something that, like an opportunity you were able to take advantage of that they offered? Um, the way I got basically my connection within that class, like mm -hmm. kind of deepened it. Yeah. Um, it was never my plan to too much deepen it, but I ran into a wall on my project and it was my capstone project. So, and I thought, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask Griffin, like, yeah. hey, how does this music go in? I'm having a lot of trouble here. Mm -hmm. And he was able to give me, um, he got on Zoom with me um, one weekend and that was like really helpful and helped me set up my system. And then um, he wanted to know like, oh, did, did it work? And then, you know, I was able to show him and, I worked in the new media room for my capstone. And that was the same room where the class was. So I was in there pretty much all the time. And um, sometimes he got there early while I was working and he wanted to like check out some stuff. And I was like, yeah, so here's how far I got. And it was like a nice thing to like um, show him. And then on top of that, I was making sure to work on his sound design assignments because I wanted mm -hmm. to become a better sound designer. And just by doing the, you know, a lot of work and, um, being able to show my side work on top of it, it um, led to us just talking more and yeah. he thought I was a good candidate and I'm grateful for that and I still see him often and that's awesome. He doesn't work at Fraxis anymore. Um, he left when he <laughs> suggested, so as he was leaving, he wanted me to come in and kind of in his place, not really in his place because mm -hmm. 
obviously he's somebody with 10 years experience and I'm somebody with less than a year. Yeah, but okay, that, this is helpful and I appreciate you sharing that. And the reason why um, I think it's really interesting is that it kind of shows how important building relationships is yeah in your um in the journey like not just learning how to do something but also taking advantage of the people yes um taking advantage of working with them and learning from them and collaborating with them and working with them in ways that help you to grow and i think and it seems like you really were able to connect in a way that showed not only that you were working hard toward this goal but also that you were able to put forth good work in that area yeah paid off which is awesome it's nice also like you build a you know i feel like a lot of people try to build connections for like just their career and that's it and Mm -hmm. but you know at the end of the day we're all people so yeah you know it's fun to like talk about random things like talk about what legend of zelda games you like or stuff like that and yeah, and it's that authentic connection that really makes it happen because you're connecting for not selfish reasons, but for collaborative reasons yeah. and genuinely wanting to be with that, be working with that person and talking to that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I and I still consider him a mentor. Um, I got lunch with him every um, maybe like two or three times each month, and usually then like usually we'll just talk about random things because you know it's it's a lunch. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, sometimes there's like small like work things I'm figuring out and I ask him for advice and it's always nice um, to have like a mentor to help you through things. Yeah, it's support and somebody you can ask questions to when you're experiencing something you haven't encountered before. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Okay, Uh, thanks for that. Is there anything else that you feel would be important to share about kind of your work as a contractor, your work with Foraxis? Yeah, I think it's important to just be your authentic self at work because, you know, people can tell when you're either like just getting to know somebody because you want to get ahead somewhere. Yeah. And those type of connections are always the worst because as soon as like (laughs) somebody realizes that, I'm not somebody to do that personally, but there's somebody, you know, it happens sometimes at the office and I see it happen and as soon as somebody starts doing things that just seem like predatory or like, you know, they're just like trying to get like ahead and they basically like when they talk about sharks, that's what it looks like. They look like a shark and you don't want to be friends with a shark or even yeah, you start avoiding that person. And it's something I avoid doing. Just, you know, come to work and you want to do your job. And if there's time to collaborate, like the opportunity will come and present mm-hmm. itself. that's the one nice thing about being in an office. You don't have to, you can always like work towards your craft, work towards what you're passionate about. Um, There are some people that are in going towards a sound design path, but want to go towards game design. And that's awesome. Um, And they naturally get their opportunity. There's some people that look at production and management. There's so many paths you can take, which is awesome. Once you get into this video game industry and a lot in audio there's so many (laughs) and it seems like maybe one could lead to another and it could kind of move around depending on where your interests evolved over time exactly and all of our doors are always open at um fraxis so you can walk to whoever's office you want we're on one floor which is kind Mm -hmm. of a idea that like hey we're all at the same level which oh that's cool kind of yeah yeah. (laughs) that's 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 a metaphor for i guess how they want the culture to be perhaps yeah the culture is very friendly. You could even um, 
there's this um, guy, Sid Meier, we always put his name before civilization, and you can walk into his office and if you want to talk to him. It's, awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's one of the friendliest people I've ever met. So. Wow, yeah. So to kind of um, go back to the conversation about sort of your how you, like someone's goals and priorities might change, I'm curious if you always knew you wanted to be a sound designer or if that evolved over time and kind of how, how did that grow for you? Uh, I kind of knew I wanted to work in video games. That's all I knew. Um, I think it's something I knew for a long time. And then when I came to this program, I was thinking, oh, I could do film. I could do other things. And I knew I wanted to do music. And that was my main focus. I was like, all right, music, that's the thing. I want to be a jack of all trades. But then I found myself like implementing music into video games. And I was like, this is the thing I'm actually passionate about. This is what I care about. Um, I just want to be in video games. And then sound design, I always kind of knew that was a thing, but I never considered myself good enough at that. <laughs> and then I just started doing it more. And um, now I kind of am in the spot where I feel like I have many chances to do anything. If I wanted to go more towards being a composer at a certain point. I feel like I have the opportunity and the resources to do that because um, uh, we have my boss, my audio director and HR, um, they're, um, they set me up with a thing to like see, hey, where do you want to develop your career? And they mm-hmm. ask you that, which is really that's awesome because yeah. it reminded me of Peabody. I was like, wow. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. um, and I told him, you know, like one of the things I think I still want to do is write up at least write a score for some video game or at least have like one piece of music in a game. And um, he told me, yeah, we can totally make that happen at some point. And it's nice to know that he knows where my interests are Mm -hmm. and he knows that what I want to develop, which areas I want to develop in. And then they can help you find opportunities to pursue that within the structure that exists. Yeah. And HR immediately, um, they, there's this small like side project I can't talk about, but um, I started working on that's more music related ish. It's a very offside project, but it, it was awesome. Like immediately after that meeting, like I was like, oh, finally I can actually start doing some things again. And I yeah. met a new collaborator, somebody who I um, just kind of said hi in the hallways, but now, yeah. and now I get coffee with him all the time and we talk about plans and stuff. Do you feel like um, in terms of like, expressing and articulating like your identity as an artist mm-hmm. your kind of um your kind of focus as an artist how do you think of that right now given that you have a full-time position but you also may have other interests and that doesn't diminish those yeah. other interests even if that's not the full-time position if that makes sense yeah definitely um i guess as an artist i try to uh, a word that i've seen other people use that are trying to push this word and i'm excited like um they're trying to push less of us being sound designers and more audio designers. And I've always liked that word better because mm-hmm. a lot of us, we, we do want to make music and yeah. we do consider ourselves composers because that's something we do. And um, it's something I try to like always make apparent. It's almost like something I try to like keep up and make sure all right, I need to like write something when I get home mm-hmm. just so I remind myself that this is something I am passionate about and this is something I enjoy doing. And it's, it is a nice change of pace because before I felt like I was composing to like do work and now it feels like I come home away from work and I get to mm-hmm. rest and actually think of some different things to write. Gives you freedom in your, yeah. creative, in your creative 
projects, sort of. Yes, and there are things I can actually take on that I want to do. Mm, um, yeah, I can start collaborating with people more freely. I can I can start saying no to projects, which is <laughs> that's a that's a very luxurious position to be in. It for is many people. It, it it really is. I recently did a student film and. Um, it was like at the point where I started to realize um, while working on that film, I, I wasn't really, it was while I was at work. So, so I, I went to work, I came home and then I worked more for like another person and that started to feel really unfulfilling. And mm-hmm. it, it was a student film. So I usually offer to do it for very low. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. And then I realized I, you know, I don't need to say yes all the time anymore. It's yeah. And do you feel like it also changes your perception of the value of your services, like financially as well? It, it does. It, it definitely. I think I always undervalued mm-hmm. how much um, to charge people. It's which easy is, to do. Yeah, exactly. Because you're like, I, I want the job, so mm-hmm. you offer a really low amount, and I, I was considering like, oh yeah, I'll offer like, I'll do a job for a hundred or two hundred dollars, and. It, it, it is a lot for like when you're in Peabody and I, if I was at Peabody, I would do those jobs for yeah. low money because um, I just want the opportunity to write for a film or write for a game. And then now it's more like, you know, I'm spending a bunch of hours on a project and I can't seem to make the right music for the film. That was a really hard thing because I mm-hmm. started to realize that writing for something that you're not used to writing for can be really tricky yeah. And it, it damages both people at the same time. You're damaging yourself by not being able to um, take care of your body or like, you know, really make sure you're okay. And then you're also damaging the student's film because you're not putting out your best work. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good observation. So like kind of learning to balance time, yeah. like financial investment um, and all those pieces along with the creative aspects of the project. Exactly. So you're not like so exhausted yeah. that you can't put out the best quality products. Exactly. And, exa- and that would apply both at your job and at the, yeah, probably the the contracted work too. Yeah, definitely. So I always make this current contract job, I'm like happy with how I'm pacing it. I'm usually mm-hmm. pacing it like when I get home, I'm like, all right, am I actually in a headspace to do this? Or And I try to like at least put in at least like 20 to 30 minutes. And that's like the best part. If I even put in that much time, I put a dent in. Yeah. Um, my contract work. A little bit at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way I don't spend the weekend like, oh, finally it's the weekend. Time to <laughs> compose all day. Now I have an all-day commitment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, I try to keep my weekend free. I think it's important to be able to still do things that you want to do. And you know, it's important to be like, you know, a creative artist. But I think like at the end of the day, you also want to make sure you're enjoying your time here. Yeah, and yeah, and like... You're a, you're a human person and you can like live life outside of your work as well. Has anything in particular surprised you about life after graduating from Peabody? I think there are some surprises. At, at times I feel more free somehow, but mm-hmm. um, at times I feel like I don't learn it. Like Peabody really is a place where I learned and um, something I was always worried about was uh, a lot of people who I'm friends with, engineers and stuff, they always say, oh man, I learned... Everything that I learned in college applies nothing to my job currently. Oh. And I always found that depressing a little, but... Yeah, um, a little scary. <laughs> yeah, and then, so I, I always felt like, oh, I have to prep, but no, I was prepared, surprisingly, <laughs> which um, 
all the things that were presented to me, I've used before in some shape or form here, which is really nice, um, either from internships, from classes, from just talking to people. Um, and it, it just all worked out nicely. And being able to go home and then realizing, oh, if I want to study something, I can study it during work. That's a, That was a new concept to me. Yeah, because professional development is often a part of the a part of the goals of your job as well because they yeah. want you to keep learning and keep improving and keep keep up with technology keep oh, up yeah. with the new things yeah yeah exactly so the fact that i can like go to work and just research stuff all day and i was like what this isn't yeah. and and that makes you appreciate a lot more about the value of education from college um the nice thing you get is you get to go to classes all day and you get to learn. And I know some people are always like, oh, I don't get to practice or work on my craft, but that is working on your craft. You're learning things that otherwise you'd probably spend 10 YouTube videos on. Yeah. <laughs> and and, there are and, some... you're, and you have mentors and guides to help you through the process too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And th that's the nice thing about Peabody, but you can, if you apply that same thought to your work and you know, never be afraid to ask questions. Um, there's... Uh, people are always afraid to like be like, oh, I. They get in and they don't want to ask any questions whatsoever. They're like, I'll do it myself. I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, and but I always um, I entered and I tried to think that bot mentality, but then I realized, all right, that's only going to slow me down, <laughs> oh, yeah. and that's going to slow down everyone. Why not just go ahead and reach out to the person and be like, hey, how do you do this thing? And mm -hmm. usually it it is a thing that, you know. Most of the time, the questions I asked, they were expecting that question. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, I thought you would ask that. And I got to experience that same thing recently where there are a lot of things that were I was trying to figure out. And then I got to help out some onboarding, which is really nice because I now got into the, this position where I've worked on this project a while and I can help. Um, we're slowly hiring a bunch of people. So a lot of it's onboarding and like, we have to onboard quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're senior people. And it um, it helps that I'm able to like set them up really quick and then go do my job. And I feel that I'm growing a little bit more on the leadership skills, which is something that's really scary. Yeah, but that's exciting. And it's like a one step at a time. And it sounds like it's kind of worked into the work you're doing in a way that helps you to take like little, little yeah. steps toward growing those skills yeah exactly in ways it's, that are manageable not overwhelming yeah it's yeah. all it's all baby steps and i mm -hmm. i don't feel overwhelmed yet so that's awesome yeah that's i'm pretty great. happy um, yeah do you have any advice for current peabody students um, as far as things they could they should or could take advantage of in school things that might be helpful for them to think about um, as they approach graduation i think it's important as they approach graduation um there's obviously like the two Usually the paths I'm assuming that most students think is there's, do I go to grad school or do I go find a job of some sort? And usually the biggest question for if you're going to go find a job is, um, what kind of job do I do? Do I, even performers, like let's say. Um, and something I'm starting to realize as I'm at work is some of the programmers, they don't have programming degrees. They're, um, one of the guys is, who one of the best programmers I know there. Um, has a degree in cognitive science. So wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, way different. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and there's a person with a film degree there that's um, 
working as audio QA and there's all these other jobs. And that was really eye-opening because if you're a performer or something, like there's a lot of skills you're learning that I'm starting to see at my workplace. Um, we have a thing called producers and their job is to keep track of everyone's schedule, do a lot of maintenance, um, plan what needs to be done and pick what's important. That right there is just like a lot of performers do the same thing with scheduling their gigs and everything. So the transferable skills and yeah, not like being open-minded to the different directions that your interests could go. Exactly, yeah. And there's so many opportunities for that to happen. They, mm-hmm. And if you show that you kind of are starting to put in the work towards it, or if you're um, there's a game designer who he's run several businesses back then and he's a um he just recently got into game design because he started making a video game and then was like all right i'm passionate about this and he sent out a resume and um you know they accepted him because that's what um most companies actually some companies look for i can't speak to all (laughs) yeah yeah that's Um, great yeah so just find what you're passionate about and start pursuing it um it can be as simple as, and it can be fun. Um, if you're looking into video games, um, uh, during Peabody, I took a huge break from playing games, and now I'm like playing catch up because I'm like, <laughs> I, I want to learn everything. I want to learn as much, and it feels weird that playing video games is learning, but it yeah. is. It, it is when you're in this field. Um, yeah, absolutely. So just pursue your interest. Take extra courses if you want, because you have all the Hopkins courses. Our options, which is insane when I look back at it. There's a lot of options. Yeah. So you don't have to feel held down and consider sound design. I think it's a cool thing. Um, If you're a recording arts student, for instance, you've learned how Pro Tools works. So sound design is the next step. Yeah. It's right there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dimitro. I really appreciate this. Um, Glad you could join us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You can learn more about Dimitro at his website, dimitronebesh.com, and you can learn more about Firaxis Games at firaxis.com. Check out the links in the podcast notes. Dimitro also composed the theme music for the Max Q podcast in its first season, which we've brought back to feature for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.